It's time for a bedtime story. Today's bedtime story is Rock on Barney by Jennifer Jones. All is not always as it seems. Barney is a buzzard. The birds won't make friends with him because they think he is fierce. It all changes at the disco. It's have a go night and the birds are amazed at Barney's talent. Soon he has lots of new friends. Today I'm going to read you my story which is called Rock on Barney and my name is Jennifer Jones and I hope you're going to enjoy the story. Now Barney is a very big bird called a buzzard and you might see buzzards in the areas where you live. So now I'm going to start my story. Barney perched on a lamppost watching the traffic go by. He waited for the sun to rise. When the air was warmer, Barney would fly high up into the sky. He would soar, dip and dive. He would eat earthworms or catch a frog or find a mouse for a tasty snack. Life as a buzzard was good, but Barney was unhappy. He had no friends. He was a lonely buzzard. Barney tried to make friends with other birds. However, when he flew down to a field of lapwings, they would all fly away in their raggedy, flappy way. If he tried to make friends with starlings, they would swirl away. No one wanted to be friends with Barney. Friday night was disco night in the village. Some of the best bands in the land played there. All the birds looked forward to gigs from the Crazy Crows, the Lazy Larks, or Mervyn Magpie and the Hawks. Friday was have-a-go night, when anyone in the audience could get up on stage and sing. One week, Barney joined everyone at the disco. Most birds were frightened of buzzards, so some birds stopped talking and lined up along the walls where they felt safer. The music started, birds danced, and they soon forgot to be frightened of Barney. Towards the end of the evening, it was have a go time. Barney told Sim, the disco owner, that he would like to sing. Sim agreed, although he was sure that a buzzard could not be a rock singer. How could a bird that calls pew, pew, be good at rocking? Soon it was Barney's turn. He went up on stage, took hold of the microphone and began to sing. The sun is like a fire. It warms my wings and I fly higher. Everyone stopped. They were amazed. They had never heard such wonderful singing. Barney really could rock. The lapwings squealed, peewit, 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 which was their way of saying, wow. The starlings whistled excitedly, Barney finished his song 
and bowed to the audience. The wing clapping and foot stamping that followed could be heard across the village. A bird at the back shouted, more, more. The disco closed for the night and everyone headed for their roosts. Before leaving the club, several birds came up to Barney and said, that was fabulous. Well done, Barney. Never heard anything like it. You were great. Barney was amazed. The birds were not frightened of him anymore. They were very friendly. Sim asked him to sing at the disco every Friday. Barney was lonely no longer. Now that everyone had got to know him, they saw that he was a lovely bird who just wanted friends. Back on his lamppost, Barney felt happy. A minibus full of children sped along the road. They shouted, keep rocking Barney, we love you. The end. So that was Rock on Barney by Jennifer Jones, such a fabulous story. And Jennifer joined us today. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you, Karen. It's great to be here. Oh, lovely to meet you. So you had a really interesting career, haven't you? First as a paediatric nurse and then as a soil scientist, two completely different worlds. So how come you're now writing and, and you're an author? Yes, it is an unusual career path. Um, I was a paediatric nurse, uh, then I had an accident and had to give up nursing and yeah. eventually went to university and became a soil scientist. And that is a wonderful job to have because you're outdoors quite a lot of the time. And I think that's where my love of nature began to develop really, because while I was digging lots of holes in the soil, I was also listening to the birds, looking at the trees, looking at plants and generally enjoying every minute of it. And so I started writing while I was still a soil scientist. But you can imagine being a soil scientist is a very busy job. So really, it was only when I retired from being a soil scientist that I had more time to write. Definitely. And I went on a creative writing course. Um, and that was run by a lady called Jude Lennon. Some of your listeners might know Jude yes, Lennon. Yes, I know Jude. Yeah, she's done some recordings yeah. as well for Bedtime Stories. Great. Well, Jude was wonderful. She was really inspiring. She motivated me. Uh, and one day she said to me, Jennifer, you've got talent. You should write a book. And I was a bit shocked because nobody had said that to me before. But that was the start of it all. That's wonderful. What a wonderful story. So, so the natural world really is your passion, isn't it, Jennifer? But what yes. was it particularly that kind of inspired you to write this story? Were you surrounded by buzzards? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we do have quite a few buzzards around here. They're very um, vocal, they're very vocal, aren't they? <laughs> they are. But I think that what happened was, was that I had always been interested, but then I began to read reports which were suggesting that children were not engaging with the natural world, certainly not as much as I did when I was a child. Yeah. I mean, when I was a child, we were out making mud pies, we were climbing trees. Um, and many children today aren't doing that. So I began to think about that. And then one day I'd been at a meeting. I was driving back from Wales. It was pouring with rain. It was horrible. And I saw a buzzard on a lamppost and he looked so miserable. His feathers oh, were wet. And 
I just thought, oh, what a poor lonely buzzard. And that was it. That was just the thought I had. And a few days later, the thought of that buzzard popped into my head. And so there I was thinking about the buzzard, but also thinking about the fact that children maybe weren't aware of just how wonderful the natural world is. Some of them might not even know what a buzzard is. No, absolutely. And that's why I always have to explain that it's a very big bird. And when I do talks to schools, then I will take along, I've got a model buzzard, but I also take along photographs of buzzards so yeah. that they know what a buzzard looks like. And sometimes yeah. when I show them those pictures, then they think it's an eagle. Yeah. Um, and so they're not familiar with them. No, no. And they really are beautiful creatures, aren't they? They're so lovely. So which age group is this particular story aimed at? And uh, do you prefer to write for that particular age? Well, I would say that the book is aimed at children of three to six years old. Yeah. Um, and I envisage it at the lower end, the three-year-olds, then it's a book that uh, people read to them, grown-ups in their lives can read them to, read the book to them. Yeah. Um, as they get older, as they become readers themselves, then they can read the story themselves. Yeah. It's also got a lot of illustrations in it. And so the feedback I've had from a lot of grown-ups is that the children who look at the book really love the pictures in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, picture books are beautiful, aren't they? So this was your first book. Yes. So how did you find, find writing this book? Was it quite a challenge for you? Um, how, how, did it, um, how did it all begin? It certainly was a challenge. Um, it was, uh, well, I suppose it started three years ago now. Um, and I did some of it via, well, most of it actually via an organization called Team Author UK. But that, that's a company run by Sue Miller and Jude Lennon is also involved. And so I was so lucky to have the pair of them guiding and advising me. And I certainly would say to anybody who might be starting their career as a writer, writing is a lonely job only you are doing it. You've got the ideas in your imagination and you're trying to turn those into words, but there's just you. Mm. Um, and certainly at the beginning, I think having people who can advise you, uh, it was just really, really helpful, particularly when it came to the illustrations. Yeah, it is quite a stressful process, isn't it, actually publishing. Writing is, is the easy part when you think about it and then getting to the end result is like yeah. a big mountain, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. To, to look at the Word document, which I have, which is a story typed up, at that time, I couldn't see how could that, that could be transformed into a picture book. Yeah, and it's beautiful, isn't it? When you hold, your, when you hold the end result in your hands and you think, oh my goodness, I, I produced this. I remember the box of books arriving, the first box, and I opened it and oh, I had to touch it, I had to yeah. smell it, I had to <laughs> flick through it. It was wonderful. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful memory. So this was the first book. Have you written many other books, Jennifer? I have. I've, uh, a year later, I published a second one um, and this was called The Adventures of Marcus Mouldywarp, which is a strange name, but Mouldywarp <laughs> is the old fashioned name for a mole. So instead of just saying the adventures of Marcus Mole, I thought, let's make it Marcus Mouldywarp. It makes it a bit more interesting. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about that? Maybe the synopsis to give people a little teaser? I can indeed. Well, here is where I go back to my soil science roots, as you might imagine if I'm writing about a mole. 
Yeah. And Marcus Mouldiwarp is a very confident mole. He thinks he can solve the world's problems. Nothing is too hard for Marcus. Uh. And he has a very close friend who is a worm who's called Quigley the Wriggly. <laughs> so Marcus and Quigley go off on a number of adventures. And so um, they help Farmer Tilly to save her farm and her fields when they're flooded with water. Um, he goes to the moon with Quigley, and that's quite interesting how they manage to walk on the moon. Um, he, they both save a dragon called Daniel. Poor Daniel has lost his family. He was so Aww. busy wandering in the woodland, his family have flown off and he's lost. So they help him to find his family. Aww, so, there are five or six adventures there with Marcus and Quigley doing lots of different things. So Jennifer, what advice would you give to you know, new budding authors out there that might have an idea or they've even penciled their half of their manuscript down? What, I, what advice would you give to those children as well? Yeah, yeah, let's get some children writing, yeah. particularly about the natural world. Uh, yeah. Children who are listening, you know, write down what you see or if you can't write properly, yet, draw pictures yeah. but what i would say to um, grown-ups who are thinking of becoming an author um, first of all have confidence in your writing and that's hard to say and even harder to do um, and i'm probably the worst person to say that because i didn't feel confident about my writing and it was only because jude said to me you've got talent that i suddenly thought oh maybe i have maybe i can write so i would say write anything absolutely write anything at all times. I mean, don't think too much initially about publication. Um, always carry a notebook with you and write down anything, conversations you hear on the bus or the train, maybe not at the moment while we're in lockdown, but at a future date. Um, and then think about, do I want to write a story? And start to write that story and you can be as quick or as slow as you want. Yeah. And then when you've got to that stage and you think, do you know, I think I've got a story that I'd like to publish here. Then look for some of the organisations who might help you. And as I say, Team Author UK was the organisation, the company that helped me, and they were fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. So for, for our listeners who might want to purchase the book, where, where, is, it, where is it available? It's available on Amazon. Um, you can find both books available on Amazon. You can contact me via my website, which is www.jenniferjonesauthor.co.uk. Um, and if you do it that way, then I can sign the books for you. So if you want a particular message for somebody, that's great. I will put that message into the book um, and then give me a day or two to post it out to you. And you will receive it with that um, offer on it, that, that message to your whoever it is, your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your neighbours. Oh, that's really lovely, Jennifer. Well, it's been really great talking to you today. We look forward to hearing more about this wonderful mole and uh, we wish you all the best with your future writing. Thank you very much, Karen. I've actually got a middle grade novel I'm working on now. It's going to take me ages, but watch this space. Bedtime Stories is sponsored by Team Author UK, independent publishers. If you have a fabulous story to tell, get in touch as they excel at helping writers just like you. Visit their website at www.teamauthoruk.co.uk or on their social media platforms at Team Author UK.